did. We'll, we'll get to that shortly. Uh... All right. Good evening, everybody. Uh, another Tuesday night live here at Golf Days Australia. Uh, we've got a big one tonight. So uh, before we get started, a reminder that we use a program called StreamYard to, to deliver this to you guys. So if anybody out there wants to ask some questions, obviously we're always an interactive one on a Tuesday night. If you've got some questions um, for our special guest, um, feel free to write them in there, but uh, you'll have to go back into the description uh, of the of the video itself and you'll see there's a link there. You've just got to give permission for StreamYard to be able to show your name and your photo and we can grab that up that up on the screen as well um steve welcome back again for another tuesday night loving uh being live on tuesday night so we've got a really cool one up tonight mate how good is it we've got a big one so obviously we've had some we've had some great interviews so far uh aussie legends you know greg chalmers paul gow jared felton um and more However, um, in my opinion, tonight, I think uh, we've probably got the, the biggest one of them all. So, of course, I'm talking about a winner of a major championship being uh, last year's KPMG Women's PGA Championship uh, and then backed it up with a second uh, LPGA win in Portland uh, just over two months later. She's had seven professional wins, only 23 years old, currently ranked 21st in the world, according to Rolex rankings. Hannah Green, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for the nice intro. <laughs> oh, I could have kept going. I could have kept going. There's plenty to talk about. Um, we spoke to Jared last week, which was awesome, and he said it was the longest period uh, that he'd been at home for, for some time since his early amateur days. I'm guessing it's probably the same for you? Yeah, I honestly think probably high school, so probably seven or eight years ago, this is the longest that I've been at home. So it's been quite strange, but I'm definitely glad that I've been home during these times. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So well, how have you been keeping yourself busy? Um, so I took some time off. When I was due to go to the States in March, um, but figured that I wasn't really going to be going to go anywhere anytime soon. So I took, I want to say maybe six or seven weeks off, which was quite a long time. Um, and then as soon as golf courses opened, I pretty much was playing golf again, trying to at least get some, I guess, routine and rhythm back. Um, but now I'm about four weeks from away from competing again. So I'm getting back into it, seeing my coaches and trying to, yeah, get ready for a season. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, all right. We've got plenty to talk about tonight. So just let's, let's jump straight into it. We're going to, we're going to talk about how you got started in golf, um, your junior career. And we've had most of our guests so far have, have mentioned that, you know, the ongoing trend is that their father has been their their big first major influence, I guess. And I believe that's no exception for you. Yeah. My dad is the golfer in the family and I am an only child. Um, so it was something that I guess mum and dad both wanted me to try um, I was doing swimming and tennis, so I was kind of used to doing individual sports. Um, so golf was just something that I could at least do with dad. Um, yep. So yeah, I would go and follow him on a Sunday, um, hit a few shots here and there, but obviously his clubs weren't correct for me. So then I got my own set, started doing um, junior clinics out of a golf course called Hillview. And um, yeah, just started there. And I guess I was so competitive and that the fact that I can be competitive to myself and against others is really what kind of sparked a fire in me to keep wanting to play golf. Yeah, for sure. So how old were you when you first got a club in your hands? Oh, so I actually saw a baby photo maybe six months ago and I was probably 18 months where I had a putter in my hand, but I wasn't quite using it. Awesome. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> I'd probably say when I first started like hitting balls when I was maybe nine, um, which is quite late these days, but yeah. uh, I was yeah playing at the sports at the time. So it was probably good timing for me. Yeah. And what was the first age you towed dad up? Oh, I wish I actually knew this answer. Uh, I've actually <laughs> been asked it quite a lot. I probably started beating him when I was maybe 11 or 12. So only a few years after picking it up. Um, wow. which he was probably sneakily happy about anyway. Yeah, for sure. I bet. I bet. Um, <laughs> you mentioned before that you swimming and tennis you were also involved in. Were, were you in that at a, at a competitive level? Yeah, um, swimming I was, but it was something that I didn't really enjoy. Obviously, being here in Australia, you know, we all get learn how to swim during school. And I guess I was better than some of the other kids. So my parents wanted me to try it out, but the work ethic wasn't really there for that sport. So track of the dawn starts, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure everyone knows, but yeah, just something that I didn't really enjoy. So it was kind of nice for me to get out on the golf course. And even though you don't always make your own tea time, you could be a little bit more flexible than I, what I was doing with swimming. And did you grow up playing juniors? So you, you mentioned you went and did some clinics, et cetera. Did you go through the junior ranks, I suppose, uh, in the club and uh, win any junior monthly medals or anything like that? Yeah, so when I first started, um, the Grand Marsh Junior Golf Foundation was, I guess, um, how the golf tournaments were run. Um, I don't think it's been that way for at least 10 years now, but, um, you know, I, I think I played my first, you know, tournament playing five holes at Glen Iris. Um, don't really know how I went, but, you know, I started playing five holes and I became a member of Hartfield. Um, didn't really play a lot out there because there wasn't many other junior girls that I could play with. So I wasn't really confident enough to play with, you know, some single figure handicaps. Um, that, yeah, okay. Know, were way better than me when I'm still trying to get my handicap. Um, yep. So I eventually did get one and then I started playing nine hole competitions and then 18 holes. Um, and then I actually joined Mount Wally. So I've been there for probably 13 years now. So um, it was better. You mentioned to, getting yeah, your first to... handicap. What, what was your yeah. first handicap? Do you remember? My first handicap was 36.7. And wow. I probably was 11. 10 or 11 years old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll give or take a point and a point and a bit. 36.7. Yeah. Wow. You remember that uh, like it was yesterday. That's cool. Um, that's not too bad. There's not way, too many yeah. 11 year old girls that would be starting off 36.7. That, that's a pretty good effort. Yep. Yeah. Although yeah. there's a couple of girls at my home club now that are like single figures at 11. So yeah, like, you're oh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we, we fast forward a little bit then and um, Kari Webb. Uh, has obviously been a, a, an influence for yourself. Um, tell us a little bit about the, the Curry Webb Scholarship. You know, what did that actually mean to you? And, and probably even more so, what impact has that actually had on your, your game itself? Yeah, um, so in 2015, I was able to win the Curry Webb Series. Um, it's been going on for, I think, nine or ten years now. Um, it's just like a... a I guess an order of merit for the females here in um, Australia. You know, I think nearly every state has some events to qualify. Um, so I was lucky enough to come second the first year uh, in 2015, but actually the girl that won, she couldn't make it. So I guess I got, you know, was easily in and then I went, got to go with Julian Sue. So that mm. was my first time actually meeting Kari, um, was over at the US Open 
um, all the way in the USA. So yeah. I'd flown all the way from Perth, uh, met up with Julian at the airport. We got chauffeured to the house that we were staying in that week and like, you know, knock on the door and carry web answers and we were both a little bit starstruck, a bit jet lagged, <laughs> a bit out of it, but you know, she was just so lovely and um, yeah, just so good to give her, you know, give us her time. Um, so yeah, she's been doing it for such a long time now. Um, and I'd say most of us that have had a scholarship have actually gone on to turn professional in, in some way. Some of us are still playing. Um, some have given up the game, but mm. she, yeah, she's just so willing to, I guess, try and help the future generation here in Australia as best way she can. Yeah, great. So you would have been what, 18, 19, first knocking yeah. on that door and um, <laughs> getting the, the star glass, you know, getting picked up at the airport and chauffeured across and yeah, that would have felt amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was like a whole entire new world. Um, I think it was only my second or third time actually going to the US. Um, so yeah, I was really, really nervous and I felt like I was, I just didn't really want to put her off during the week. I didn't want to annoy her, <laughs> I didn't want to pick her brain too much. Yeah. Um, but it was so cool because she's actually in contention that year. So we actually got to see more than just golf. We got to see her media stuff. Um, you know, as soon as she finished the round, she did a like, couple press conferences. She did, um, I think, some stuff for the USGA um, commercial wise. So it was really eye open to like not just playing golf, to just actually the life of a professional golfer. Yeah, right. Yeah, wow. So mm. then you're turning um, pro, uh, what, around 2016? Yeah? Yeah. yeah. And that was obviously just a, a natural progression by the sounds of it. Is that right? Yeah. So I was lucky enough to be in the Golf Australia uh, national squad um, when I was in high school. And then I pretty much had it uh, for my last three years as an amateur. So I had pretty much been working with all my coaches for the last 10 years and we all had the same idea for us to, for myself to turn professional um, was either going to be at the end of 2016 or early 2017. It just depended on what Q school I went to. Mm. Um, and so I played my last amateur tournament, the Espirito Santo in Mexico. I didn't go as well as I would have liked, but I pretty much did say that was my last event. Um, I, then turned pro, I think a couple of months after. So I actually jumped the gun and turned professional before I actually had status, but I was pretty confident that I was going to at least get some symmetric store um, status at worst. So okay. probably not something I would recommend everyone do because it will definitely put the pressure <laughs> on you. But um, yeah, obviously worked out really well. Now, Hen, did you, I've heard an interview the other day where they were talking about um, girls going over and, and going to college in the American system and, and going through that way. Did you think about that? Was that something that you gave some consideration to? Um, not really. So I went over to the US for the first time in 2012, I think, and I went with my mum. And of course, they were scouting and, you know, wondering yeah. if I was interested or not. And because I was always so homesick as a young age, I never really thought about committing to four years over in you know the other side of the world. Um, so my interest really wasn't there. Now that I've you know, I guess uh, turned professional, I've met so many players that have gone to college. I have thought about it, but I don't think it would have been for me. Perhaps if it was only a couple of years that I would have committed to, um, I probably could have done it. But I think four years uh, would have been a bit too long. I wouldn't have wanted to commit to a team and then, you know, just yeah. leave halfway. Pull out. I would have yeah. been fully in. Yeah. 
Yep. So you join, you jump onto the Symmetra tour. So if I've got this right, so the Symmetra tour is that it's, I guess the similar to the corn ferry. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. So exactly like that. So you have a, you have a pretty good year that year, um, in 2018 where you won three events. 2017, I won three. 2017, sorry, 2017. Yeah. You won. You, you got your card for 2018 off the back of that. Yeah. So you've um, Symmetra Tour. You finished second on the money list. Three wins. Rookie of the Year award. So massive year. You get your card off the back to it, off the back of it. Um, how was that year for you? Was that a bit of a whirlwind? Yeah, because I guess that was my first time playing all year as an amateur. You know, you play here in Australia. You play in January, February. You might be a bit hectic, but then you have a couple months off. Then you play some in Asia, have another month off, and then you go to the US for maybe six weeks, then have three or four months off. So it was really hard for me to decide um, my schedule, whether I should go home like during events and miss events even um, to come back to Australia. And uh, that year I actually decided to do three or four months on the road. And that's when I knew it wasn't for me. Um, so that was really good for my rookie year um, on LPGA, obviously a bit harder when you're playing for more money and a bit more pressure. So I'm glad that I learned some things about myself on Symmetra Tour and got some confidence um, having a few wins out there. And, you know, the girls that I played with on Symmetra Tour are also on LPGA. So I guess we're all graduating and getting onto the tour. So I know a lot of the girls now. So I'm not, I don't feel as starstruck and as nervous as I do when I'm out there. Yeah, you mentioned about not liking, I guess, being on the road the whole time. And I heard something the other day that you said you do like to get back home quite a bit. Um, yeah. I guess you get back here more than probably other players would get back to their home country. Yeah, I try to. So uh, last year I made a rule to myself six weeks maximum. Um, that was, it's obviously difficult, but since now, now that I've had a win, I can definitely make sure that happens. But um it's yeah, definitely not for everyone. I mean, every time that I go to and from Australia, it's always two or three flights minimum. So yeah, I've mm. got to make Some sure that I push myself. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to push myself too hard and make myself even more tired. So I have scheduled for when I do come home at least three or four weeks off. Um, should give me enough time to get rid of the jet lag. Um, but also yeah. just you know, at least I can have a week off and be in my own bed and see my family and friends and. I guess, recharge properly. Um, it's really hard to do, you know, work with Richie, my coach, um, over FaceTime. Um, I, he doesn't, he does travel, but he doesn't always come to the US. Um, so it's just easier for me to come home and I guess enjoy the space that I want to be in back here in Perth. You must have a few uh, frequent fly points up your sleeves. Yeah, <laughs> I do have good status with Qantas, although I yeah, don't know how it's going to work now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it may seem like I'm rushing a bit, but I'm excited to, to get into this and to unpack it. Um, obviously 2019, um, PGA, uh, Hazeltine in Minnesota, you shoot 68, 69, 70, 72, you shoot minus nine, win by a stroke over Sunghyun Park. Um, wire to wire, first Aussie since Kari Webb, um, won in 2006. It's, it's pretty incredible. I don't even know where to start with it, but did you, did you feel good going into the week? Oh, the funny thing is, is the week before I'd missed the cut, you know, completely out of the blue. Um, like Jared's with me. I get to Hazeltine, hitting it really not that great. 
And so I really had no expectation uh, for the week, but I worked really hard on my short game because I knew it was, you know, obviously a championship golf course. And if I wasn't hitting it well, that I needed to rely on it. So I really, I can honestly say I wasn't feeling great. Um, I honestly just wanted to make the cut. And when I shot four under the first day, I, you know, looked at my caddy and I was like, hell, <laughs> what's going yeah. on here? So, um, yeah, I had no expectation like that. And yeah, to hear all those, I guess, you know, why to why just gives me goosebumps thinking about it. Yeah, that wider wire is incredible. So when you, you shoot that in the first round and you see that you're leading a major, do you do you then change? Like a, how, how do you sleep on, on a lead of a major championship and going into the second and then the third and then the fourth? Do, do you change your game plan? How does that – I can't even imagine. Yeah, so I guess after the first round I was a bit surprised, but I didn't really – think about it too much because you know the first round is there's so many holes to play you know 54 holes anything can really happen um I think it was when it kicked in more was after the Friday into the weekend because it was the second time I had to do a press conference after the round which I'd never actually really done before till that week um but for anyone that knows me knows I'm a really good sleeper so that was like the least of my issues that week I was really lucky um I stayed in a house with you know six other Aussies um Jared was there my best friend Kai was in the house and some upcoming players so you know as soon as I got home like there wasn't any golf chat it wasn't like we were talking about each other's rounds or you know uh, the fact that I was in the lead so I think it was perfect situation for me to be able to switch off um but yeah, I mean, it's it's easier said than done. It doesn't mean next time that I have the lead that I'll be able to sleep. But I was just really lucky that week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and I'll, I'll jump a, a question. You you mentioned about Jared being there to to see your victory. Um, with you guys being so busy and and having obviously a pretty hectic schedule, I can imagine. Does that does he try and get to your majors? Has he was he seen your majors before? Like how how did that work out? Um. It was, yeah, it was, it just happened to be that he was having some time off and we looked at my schedule um, to see what events he could come to and see if there were going to be events that he hadn't been to before. Um, so we actually went to New York uh, two weeks prior to KPMG um, for a holiday. Then we played at Maya and then KPMG. And then I think he was going to the West Coast to do something with one of his coaches. Oh, originally he wanted to do that, but he stuck with me anyway <laughs> instead. Um, but yeah, it just happened to be that, you know, he had some time on his hands and he wanted to come to a major, um, and yeah, it just happened to be perfect timing that everyone. Right. Uh, I'm sure Absolutely. I could only imagine how much he would have been kicking himself if he, if he missed that. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Do, you, do you still to this day, do you do, do you wake up and just go, holy shit, I'm a major winner? Like, do you just have those yes. moments where you forget and then you remember? Yeah, sometimes definitely. Um. At the Aussie-Am Pro-Am this year, um, or Pro-Am party, I should say, um, there was a, I guess, uh, what would you call it? A guy that was um, talking himself up and it was the first time in public that I'd ever said that I was a major winner and everyone started laughing, like, because I, I guess I stole the, the show from him, but <laughs> it was the first time where I'd ever said it and like really went like meant it and was cocky and I was like oh my god what am I doing <laughs> but I think I do think about it all the time I mean I see the trophy nearly every day so it's um 
yeah, it's something to think about and it definitely motivates me when I do think about it to yeah, keep working hard and hopefully put myself in that position again. Where, where does the trophy sit? So it, it was actually at my parents. Um, we've kind of got a set up with all my other trophies. Um, I don't live at home anymore, um, but it has been in my apartment. Um, but it's probably it's safer if it's at home, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. And back to um, the Sunday of, uh, of, of the tournament, um, hole seven. And I know you've probably been asked this a few times, but um, little Lily hands you a, a poem on mm. hole seven. Um, on reflection now, how much do you think that helped drive you to, uh, to a victory and, and have you seen or spoken with Lily ever since? Yeah, I actually keep in contact with Lily quite often. Um, her parents always send me videos. Um, she yeah, lets me know how she's going and she said she was doing golf clinics this summer. Um, so that was really cool to hear, but yeah, I met Lily, um, in, I guess, probably 13 or 14 months ago at a uh, I gave her a signed golf ball and then she is actually from Minnesota. So she came and watched me. Um, and yeah, she watched me every round that she could come out and play, uh, come out and watch. So it was really, I think it was a blessing in disguise that she gave me the poem when she did, because I had a bit of downtime. So I actually could see that she was wanting to give me something. And uh, I remember pulling it out on the 14th hole um, to yeah. reread it. So it was something, yeah, that kind of settled my nerves a little bit, made me regroup and I think bring me back down to earth again. So I'm really grateful to her and I've actually got it um, in the apartment. I've got it framed. So still got it. Straight to the pool room. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. It's great to, to hear of little stories like that. Uh, I think I heard in an interview, you know, that sort of thing, you know, it takes a takes a second or two to uh, acknowledge or, or do something to a fan in the crowd that can change the, the course of their life. So uh, how old is Lily now? Do you know? Or I think she's seven. Um, so yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, you know, I never actually got the opportunity to watch any professional really up front um, and up close. So if I saw someone just smile at me or give me a golf ball, I would have gone ballistic. So I just think <laughs> yeah. about how we can do a really good job and hopefully get more girls, especially into the sport. Yeah. 100%. And, and um, that up and down uh, on 18, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> incredible. I, I remember, um, I remember watching it live, um, willing that putt to go in, um, <laughs> seeing, you know, the, the was pretty pretty visible shaking as you stand over that part, um, and, and then for it to go in, um, the the crowd to erupt, the um, your, all your friends and your entourage, I suppose, you, if you want to call it that, um, coming on the green and showering you in beer, like I enjoyed just that moment from watching it on TV. 100%. Um, for yourself being there, how surreal was it to? Um, have that happen and and sink in for you yeah it was honestly the last couple holes were a bit of a blur Um, I remember when I was on the 18th tee we were talking about um, I guess the next year's British Open which is this year um, the venue for playing it true and I don't really remember anything about hitting the second shot or the last two shots but (laughs) luckily that was on video so I can rewatch it but um, yeah looking back seeing everyone come up and run to me and run to my caddy as well and 
even just how Lizette and um, Arya were reacting, you know, they it looked like they really wanted me to hold a putt too. So just shows, you know, how lucky I am with the play, like players I get to play against every week, mm. how nice they are. Um, it's yeah, it's really makes me get goosebumps and makes me tear up when I see the videos. So yeah, it looks like there's a real camaraderie uh, amongst uh, amongst all all the all the females on the top there. So yeah, re- it was really cool to watch. I, I yeah, I specifically remember watching that putt drop you know, live, yeah. and yeah, it was it was phenomenal. Yeah, and that um that camera angle they've got as well, uh, you can see the entourage behind you and Carrie like stands out in a pink shirt there, and she you know <laughs> yeah. they're just they're, their reaction at the same time was incredible. But I want to talk about getting in the bunker and then getting mm-hmm. out of the bunker. Mm-hmm. You, you're you've got a major that's on the line. Um, you're up by a shot. Um, you, you've got to you've I guess talk us through that those two shots. So hitting it into the bunker, how um how did that happen? And then I guess getting out when you've got that whole crowd and you've got a major on the line and and you've got to get up and down. That's an incredible, incredible shot. Yeah. So the second shot, I was a little bit in between clubs, um, but the 18th hole was long for me because I wasn't hitting it as long as I know I could have. But I was just trying to see where the best place for me to leave it if I didn't hit the green um so i was pretty much trying to play for the front half which would have been equal like just a little bit right um i guess the front right part of the green um because my hybrid probably wouldn't have actually stayed on the green it probably would have been over the back where i was in the rough so i yeah, thought okay. being a bunker would have been better worst comes to worst depending on line so i think when i hit it i said get a good line <laughs> because <laughs> um, I knew there was still a little bit of space between the pin um, and the green. Um, mm. And so I was very lucky that, it, you know, whoever was in there beforehand did a good job with raking it. Um, yeah, right. But I did also hold a bunker shot um, earlier in the week, I think in the first round, um, which was kind of similar, you know, a high bunker lip with not really much green to work with. So I was just trying to, you know, visualize that and, um, actually felt probably more confident on that shot than I did the second shot in first and also the putt. So not really sure why I wouldn't really say that bunkers were ever really my strong point, but, um, I guess, yeah, it was just all happening that week. So Yeah. It wasn't a weak point for you that day and that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And do you just get into that zone at that moment? Like, do you ever, do you try and not let it ever get into your head of the situation? Yeah, so and I think even like the reaction to when I hold my putt, um, yeah, it just kind of felt like I was still going. Yeah, um, that yeah. Hold a play. When I look back, yeah. I'm like, why didn't you like fist pump or yeah, give it some? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think I was just so in the zone that I needed to hold a putt. I kind of yeah, just felt like there was also more golf to play, even though I knew that I needed to hold it. Um, so yeah, I think you do get in the zone a little bit when there's so much pressure and. Yeah, I'd never been so nervous on the golf course when I hit that final putt. <laughs> I think mm, I yeah, think that quickly goes good. away when all the uh, all all the crowd comes onto the green and showers you in beer. <laughs> I know, I know. Looking back at the videos, I didn't even remember who came onto the green when they were hugging me. But looking back, at least I knew who was there. <laughs> yeah. I just 
I would love, like I think about as an amateur golfer, you, you'd love to be in that position. But if, if I was in that position and I'm in that bunker and I've got to get up and down, I'm not getting up and down to save my life. It's not happening. I'm, I'm, I'm putting it into the crowd at the back. Maybe I'll get a rebound yeah. off the, off the tournament, <laughs> off the stand. I can um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just incredible to hold your nerve in that situation. Like I, I can't do it at the end of a monthly medal when I'm finally putting a round together. I don't know how you do it in a major when you've got nearly a million people just watching on, on TV alone. Yeah, it's hard. Like you try and, you know, the good players try and practice those situations. But yeah, no matter how hard you try and, you know, I guess try and make that putt, three foot putt for the major, um, it's never the same unless you're in that position and Unfortunately, you have to be in that position more often, you know, to actually get better at it and learn from it. And sometimes it goes your way, sometimes it doesn't. So yeah, and, and that's your first win as well. That's that's what's incredible. You you know, like to to yeah. be able to close that out. We've seen over and over again how there's guys and and females and males on on tour that can't close out the tournaments and can't close out the win. And um, to do that in your first one for a major is just incredible. Um, yeah. they mentioned a few times in the coverage that you didn't have any rain gear for the tournament. Um, they, they attributed to you being so laid back. Um, <laughs> was that true? Did you not have any wet weather gear? Cause it was a bit wet that week. Um, and secondly, is that just because you're so laid back? I, I thought it was a, a random <laughs> comment from the commentary team, but it was one that stuck in my head. Yeah. So the first round I, my caddy and I definitely didn't think that it was going to be raining all day. So he had just a wet weather jacket and same, yep. same with me. Um, but I actually didn't own rain pants that week or just in general. I didn't yep. really like playing in them and I haven't really found any that I had liked. So, yep. yeah, media found out. Um, everyone was messaging me like, golfing, you don't own rain pants. So sure enough, when I got back home after I'd won, um, I did a little Q&A session, you know, and um, the, the club gave me a gift and bought me some rain pants. So <laughs> I can say now that I own some and I wear them, but I will only wear them if it's pouring rain. I don't don't really enjoy wearing them just yet. Because you had, you had to go to the shop and buy an umbrella, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, um, I only had a sun umbrella that week, which is tiny and so light. So Daddy <laughs> wasn't really impressed when I couldn't really keep him... <laughs> keep him dry when uh, we were both underneath it so yeah we went to yeah. uh, I think a PGA tour store um the closest one that we could go and I got some sort of umbrella I think it had no logo on it just to make sure I wasn't you know doing anything wrong with Strixen and sure yeah. enough one of the girls in the house Grace she was actually sponsored by Strixen so I ended up using her umbrella anyways <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say uh, but on, on the terms of rain gear that golf still hasn't found a way i don't think to make rain gear comfortable and mm. it, it is is that what you found are you still struggling to wear those rain pants those wet pants yeah yeah i don't i don't like wearing them i get too hot even though i do need to keep myself dry but yeah um, hopefully it's like wearing snow pants or something isn't it yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so on, on the major win itself yeah what status did that get you and um what's the the happening with tour cards off the back of that yeah so um i get a five-year exemption on the tour now um massive i'm not yeah, really huge. sure yeah because it's not going to be a proper season if that would count to the five but um anyway for anyone mm. that's a member of a tour this year they get to keep their status so 
no one's yep. losing this year. So if I decided to not play this season, um, I would still have the same yeah category and everything. So yeah, great. And yeah. obviously, the, the PGA is probably probably your favorite major event um, now to play. Um, yeah. What what's your favorite major overall? Um, I think my favorite major was the British Open because yep. you know such a different style of golf to what we're used to um, mm. and because we get to play so many good venues and it's just yeah just crazy how one day can be really good weather and <laughs> the next day it's just horrible. <laughs> um, my first nope. one was uh, Royal Leatham um, where Adam Scott almost won yeah uh, I guess that's the best way for everyone to remember it or for all of us Australians but um, it was just such a cool golf course and my first time playing links um, there so yeah, I, I've been fortunate enough to play St Andrews um, last year, so I'd love to tick off some more, you know, bucket list golf courses over there. Absolutely, absolutely. Are they are they planning to have the um, PGA go ahead in October? What's happening there? Yeah, so they did postpone it um, till then, and they're hoping, fingers crossed, by then that everything will be all right. Um, at this point there's probably not going to be any crowds, but it just really depends on how each state is going. Um, I think the second tournament back for LPGA, they're going to allow crowds. Um, but then when we go play Scottish Open, British Open, there won't be anyone. And mm. Probably in Arkansas and California, there probably won't be anyone there. So it's just... Right, because yeah. I've, I've got to guess it's it's got to be pretty exciting to be the defending champion of a major. Yeah, I know. I've, I've actually been... To Philadelphia quite uh, maybe three or four times um, I've driven past the golf course multiple times but I've not played there so I'm okay. really excited I really enjoy the city and I hope that I'm not locked in my hotel room or yeah just the golf. I hope that we can yeah do some touristy things a little bit and yeah have a crowd to play in front of even though it might make that harder trying to defend a tournament <laughs> And I, I'm guessing you would have had a heap of people come out and, um, you know, send you the congrats message or try and give you a phone call. Was there any any surprising ones, anyone of note that you remember specifically that, that reached out that you didn't think would ever? Um, I think the coolest one was probably Annika Sorenstam because I've never actually met her or in, like seen her in person. So to have obviously someone that's in the Hall of Fame and you know the only player to have shot 59, I think it was pretty cool to have you know a player that's probably even won the tournament, um, come up to me and say, congratulations. Um, but yeah, my phone went ballistic it, yeah. probably a week or two. So it was kind of hard for me to reply to everyone. So sorry if I didn't reply. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you need somebody else to just take over and, uh, auto reply for you. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, I mean, a couple of months later, um, 2019 still, um, we back it up uh, in Oregon at the the Portland Classic. So, you know, you've just won a major and and then you've backed up that win with a, an LPGA title, another one, I guess, a, a regular title. Um, it must have been a great feeling as well to just kind of put that icing on the cake. Yeah, I pretty much said to my team it was almost just as big as the first one. Yeah. Because it, the first one was so out of the blue to myself and everyone else um, yep. going back on you know, a couple months later to win another title. It was kind of like, yeah, like I'm, I deserve to be here. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't just one week. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was huge. Um, and that was different actually coming from behind and being so neck and neck with the girl. You let me know that I was playing. Yeah. So 
yeah, that was a different situation. Um, so yeah, I've got some fond memories for when I go back to Portland and I actually get to defend that tournament first before KPMG and it was supposed right. to be the other way. So I think that would be good as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that tournament, you were you three back with four holes to go, something like yeah. that. And and you made a massive putt on 17. You get back to, you know, even with Yulimi. Is is putter your favourite club in the bag? Because those two wins, I mean, you putt lights out in both of them. So Yeah, it's definitely a club I need to love more, I think. <laughs> it's That's probably the biggest difference um, when I do have a good tournament week versus a bad is probably the putting right. um, in a short yep. game. So for anyone that even putts well, I think they can still improve. But, um, yeah, looking back at the highlights, you know, the two putts that I made to win um, – under the pressure, I'm very proud of myself and, yeah, hopefully can have more good memories. With yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, just overall 2009, incredible year. You you made 19 cuts out of 23. Pretty funny because one of those ones you miss is the week before the major that you end up winning. Um, yeah. Two wins, yeah, over a million dollars in prize money. You end up winning the Greg Norman medal at the end of 2019. And for those that are listening or watching tonight, it's given for the best female or male golfer uh, of the year on the world stage. Jason Day won it the first two years. Leash won it. And then Minji won it. And then yourself, that's uh, another massive accolade. Yeah, definitely. And it was so cool to actually be there for the awards night. Most of the time, you know, Minji and I being here in WA, we aren't always home to collect awards. So to actually be there in person and Greg was there um, interviewing me, but to have Webby there to present it to me as a surprise for the night, it was just (laughs) so cool and such a great way to you know, spend, I guess, the week because it was my birthday two days later. So very good memories. Awesome. And back-to-back girls. Let's just keep that girl run going. I know. Well, with how well the men did at the start of the year with Cam, Scotty, Lucas, you know, Leash, everyone, I was like, oh, God. like Yeah. And now you guys, yeah, it feels like now everyone else hasn't had a chance to catch them. So it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the year plays out. Yeah, definitely. But Minji and I are ready. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Good, good. Um, so moving on to you know, current status for you, and and we touched on that a little bit before, where um, you know this year is kind of a write-off, unfortunately, um, or whoever has um, status this year gets to keep it for, for next year. But um, this worldwide pandemic, uh, how's that been for you? And um, have you been doing some amazing things uh, outside of this as well with charity uh, events too? So. Give us a bit of a rundown on, on what's been happening this year for you. Yeah, so my last tournament was in February, um, the Australian Open. So I've actually only played two events, which is wow. just crazy. Yeah. Um, but I wow. plan to stay four weeks um, at the Scottish Open. Um, mm. I think they've scheduled 14 or 15 events um, for the rest of the year and we'll be pretty much playing right up till Christmas but I don't really know how many I'll be playing. And yet again, we don't really know if all of the events are going to be happening. Um, so once I go to Scotland, I'll be pretty much be on the road and, you know, playing by ear as to what I'll be doing. But yeah, since I've been home, um, I've been yeah trying to help out as much as I can. I've been playing with some of the junior members. The at juniors. Probably. Yeah. Um, I ticked off every girl except one. Um, she accidentally injured herself right before the school holidays. Oh, no. um, so I have played with 20 junior members, um, all, all girls. So that was really cool um, to actually nice. put it 
the face and actually see their games versus watching them on the you know practice range or anything. Yeah. Um, I played in a couple of charity days, um, raising awareness for breast cancer and um, leukemia. So it's yeah. been really cool. Um, you know, golf is there's such so many people that are interested in golf. Um, and obviously with social media these days, there's so many ways for everyone to see it. Like not everyone has to be there live. So it's been really yeah. good to be part of it. Um, now I'm trying to knuckle down and practice and we've got some state challenges happening. So um, playing with some of the other pros that are home at the moment. So getting back into it, but really enjoying my time here at home. Good, good. And speaking of other pros, so we interviewed uh, Amy Walsh uh, a few weeks ago and she's now actually a part of the uh, Golf Days Australia podcast family. So it's great to have yeah. her in, involved there. And um, during the interview with, with Amy, uh, she highlighted and, and highlighted for us the disparity between the men's and the, and the women's game. Um, we touched on yourself before around uh, wet weather gear for the, for the major <laughs> tournament. Um, yeah. you know, anyone would think for now a major winner that they'd be throwing things at you. But um, I suppose what further progress would you like to see happen to drive uh, positive growth um, and support for the women's game? Yeah, so I was actually talking about it today. I think the women really on the LPGA play for a really good amount of money. I think we're up to 75 million um, total purses all year. So, I, mm. I mean, that's crazy. That's the biggest yeah. it's ever been. Yeah, but wow. it's just so hard because we do get compared to the PGA Tour and, you know, yeah. sometimes they're winning and they're getting $10 million and we don't even have a purse that big. So yeah. it's really difficult. Um, I think it's more the endorsements in players. That's the hardest thing. Um, I have won a major championship and another title, but I've only really changed two sponsors for this year. I mean, I'm definitely not complaining. I'm so grateful for the partnerships that I've formed for this year and hopefully yeah. for the rest career but but if you're just, a male yeah it's different um mm. if i won a pga tour event i think i would have a few people knocking on my door versus an lpga event um but i must mm. say things have gotten better but i think it's more so for the people that are trying to establish themselves and get themselves onto a tour you know they just need a little bit of funding and that can go so far i was really fortunate that i had the golf australia rookie squad um money so that helped me when I was playing on Symmetra Tour, which costs you $500 a week to enter, uh, mm. $500 US. And at the time, I think it was maybe like $780. Um, so it was quite quite a shock when you saw that come out of your bank account. And <laughs> I bet. Um, of course, all the other expenses that you have. So I think, yeah, just having some trust from hopefully local companies as well. That's definitely been one of the biggest things that I've wanted is to have some Australian sponsors um, so that mm. I can represent them on a you know global level. Yeah, definitely. We've right. got a comment that just came in. It's um, I've got his name. It's a Matt Holding, and he just says, yeah, Hannah, thank you for all the time and effort you spend with the juniors at Mount Lawley. The kids love it. Um, I, yeah, I think that's just brilliant what you're doing with those juniors. I mean, uh, I'm sure those girls are just wrapped and, and you know, I, I, I'm sure they just go and tell all their friends and, and have the best time playing with a major winner and, and getting to play 18 holes with you would just be incredible. So I think that's a really um, special thing that you're doing. I know we touched on it with Jared last week and it's something that um, he would like to do more of and I, I think a, a few other pros are hoping. I mean, COVID's probably brought out those um, experiences at the moment, those opportunities. Um, but yeah, it is, it is a brilliant thing what you're doing there with those juniors. Yeah. Thank you. I really enjoyed yeah. it. I think it's, um, helped me and the kids to be honest. It's, yeah. 
in both ways for sure. Cool. Okay. So just, we're going to wrap up a few things I want to just quickly talk about. So of Olympics, you mentioned that it's a a big goal of yours to represent Australia and you'd love to be there at the Olympics. I'm guessing you were set to go over to Tokyo and compete this year. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually really tricky now that we have another 12 to 13 months to qualify. Um, I guess it gives my other competitors a good chance to team. So it's so awkward because my best friend Sue, who I travel yeah. with week, is obviously number three. So right. it's it's so hard. We don't really talk about it too much, but I definitely know that we both really want to make the team. Obviously, Sue was in the last team uh, with Minji. So I just hope that we both play well. Um, I mean, I would love to see her win. She's been there at both of my wins. She's definitely one of my biggest supporters when I'm out there. So it's going to be really tough when it does come to crunch time. Um, but I'm hoping both of us can make the team. There is the possibility for that. So hopefully we've done some hard True. work during COVID and we can have <laughs> some wins. Yeah, and I guess I haven't even thought about other sports at the Olympics and how they do that. Do they do a reselection process? I didn't even think that you would be, I guess, probably selected and then hang on, we've got to move it and we still need to get the best going forward. So you're going to have to still prove that you're up there. So that's just, yeah, it's an interesting challenge, I guess, that um, a lot of athletes are probably facing. Yeah, I think golf was one of the sports where it was quite late um, to be chosen into the team because I have seen on social media some players already locked in and yeah. Even with you know everything being postponed, they still are going to be in that team. So yeah. it's it's tricky either way. Like to have the especially for golf, I sometimes I don't really think it should be an Olympic sport because it's yep. not what I would want to watch on TV. Let's be yep. honest. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I I just think because I have the opportunity to represent my country that I want to be in that team. I want to see all these other athletes compete and. It's we're just fortunate enough that we have 30 other events that we can play during the year. You know, some of these guys have, you know, worked their butt off for four years to make this team. And yeah, I just feel so sorry for some of the athletes that are going to miss out. And, you know, it's going to be so difficult. It's so hard to please everyone. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And um, you mentioned the state challenge before. So has that kicked off? It was meant to kick off on the weekend, did it? Yeah. So we um, played our first round here in WA yesterday. Um, Okay. Sorry, I should say first two rounds. We played 36 holes at West Australian Golf Club. So yep. it was horrible weather. Um, it was mm. one of those days where you were ripping the up, well, jacket on and off and umbrella was mm. coming up and down. But um, we managed to get it all in. There was no storm, thank goodness. Um, so we've, we're doing it every Monday. So we've got, um, I guess, four rounds left. Sweet. How'd you play? Um, very rusty. <laughs> <laughs> to be expected. To- Two under total, um, which I wasn't too unhappy about. Um, I'm four back of Brett, so got some work to do. We're playing Royal Perth, which is I think he's played there quite a bit, so might have to go out for a sneaky round. Is Jared <laughs> playing? No, Jared's not playing. He's actually working at uh, Gosnell's Pro Shop at the moment, so I don't think he could get the time off. But um, oh, look at him! Fine. All right, yeah. And so we mentioned before, so Scottish Open, British Open. So what's the plans there? We go over there in a few weeks' time, all barring, yeah. you know, fingers crossed. Yeah, we got given the go um, this time last week. So hopefully things don't change by then. Um, so Scottish Open will be my first event. Um, and the reason why we can go is because we all have to stay in the bubble. So um, caddies, players, staff, we all have to stay in the same hotel, um, 
have to eat at the hotel, can't really do anything besides golf and I guess being in the hotel. So um, there's going to be pretty much little to no contact with anyone else. Um, and same goes for British Open. And then when we go to the US, it'll be a little bit more flexible. But um, again, it's it's going to be quite different when we get back out there doing testing every every week. So something that I'm not looking forward to, the travel aspect, but I can't wait yeah. to compete actually see all my friends that I haven't seen in so long. Have you gone through a test yet? No, I'm going to have to do one soon. Um, have have you seen some videos of them? Yes. Oh my God. The nasal one. Yes. Yeah. People, um, video that. And I'm certainly not looking forward to it, but I mean, I want to go and go back to work. So I think yeah. I'll have to do it. <laughs> Yeah, it's what you've got to do, I guess. I remember, yeah, Ian Paul to put it up on his um Insta of him getting it done, and uh, he just said that's what you got to do to, you know, an athlete to, to play on the PGA. Got to go through it. Yeah, exactly. I'll be doing that. Well, <laughs> good luck with it all. Good luck with uh, the multiple COVID tests going forward, and and yeah, we we wish you um all the best um and and hopefully get back to a bit of normality, uh, some golf, and um I guess it's going to be a bit strange playing in front of uh, no crowds, um but yeah, we we look forward to to seeing what happens um in the future and hopefully more more career highlights that you're about to create. So thank you so much for joining us tonight, Anna. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Really enjoyed it. Alrighty, another awesome one, Mud. Yeah, that was um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, no, Hannah's sort of sitting back there in the green room, hang about for a little bit. Hannah, we'll, we might have a quick chat once we finish the broadcast. But um, oh, that that was awesome. Uh, I, I think, uh, yeah, she mentioned there ticking something off the bucket list. I think I might tick off interviewing a major winner off my bucket yeah, 100%. list. So, um, 100%. Yeah, that 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 was awesome. Um, and, and thanks again for for making making the time to to chat with us and and chat with our listeners as well it was really really good we've just interviewed a major champion winner incredible um it's just going from strength to strength so golf days australia uh, another tuesday done enjoy the rest of the week and we will see you guys next tuesday adios we're three golf tragics we're, we're weekend hackers and we love that's to right. go to golf and i, I, I think oh, that's i showed that. you guys that on the weekend yes 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 <laughs> you did we'll, we'll get to that shortly I, I just, uh, <laughs>